Welcome to All, All for, for One, One Stories. The story you will be listening to is The Elves and the Playwright by Kelsey McIntyre. Once there was a playwright who had grown poor, mostly because he insisted on writing plays about talking furniture. No one wants to see a play that begins with the bookshelf saying to the armchair, Get a load of this, the playwright's wife told him. No one wants to see a play that involves the bookshelf saying anything. Uh, people don't know what they want, the playwright said, bent over his desk. He scribbled, Exit, three-legged stool, limping, and blew on the ink. But after several more weeks, when they had run out of bread and brown sugar and had only oatmeal left to eat, the playwright began to worry. He hadn't sold a play in months. In fact, he hadn't finished a play in months. He was stuck on a fight scene between a kitchen stove and a bathtub, and he couldn't get unstuck. And that was when he thought of elves. Elves? When he mentioned the idea to her over a bowl of oatmeal, I don't think it's a good idea to add elves to a play that already has talking inanimate objects. Too many kinds of magic. People won't believe it. No, I mean real elves, here in our house, to help me finish the play. His wife kept chewing her oatmeal. She had only three bites left, which meant the playwright had approximately 20 minutes to explain himself before she swallowed the last mouthful. So he reminded her how the shoemaker almost went out of business when, one night, elves arrived and made an extraordinary pair of shoes for him before the sun rose. The shoemaker had sold those shoes for a large sum of money, with which he had bought fine leather, with which the elves had made two more pairs of shoes. On it went until the shoemaker was rich and comfortable, and, the playwright presumed, skipped about eating turkey legs and torching pots of oatmeal. So if we could get real elves to come here, I would finally have a brilliant play to sell and our luck would turn around. If anyone can write a brilliant play in which a windowpane says, Now see here, it's elves, but you're forgetting something. What? The shoemaker had already made every scrap of leather he had into shoes, except for the piece left the night the elves came. He worked all day long and into the night, too. He didn't make enough money only because he sold good shoes for less than they were worth, so that the people in the village could afford them. What does that have to do with me? You don't write. You spend an hour twiddling your quill and talking to the furniture, and then you call it a day. If you put as much effort into writing a good play as that shoemaker put into making good shoes, we wouldn't need elves. But since we can get elves... His wife stood and found a chisel to start cleaning their bowls. She didn't say another word about the shoemaker, which the playwright decided to take as slight approval of his plan. Even so, he spent as much of the day as possible out of the house and tried not to catch her eye. After supper, he prepared for the elves' arrival. As far as he could deduce, the elf workers would probably come in the middle of the night after he and his wife were asleep. They liked to see candles burning, however. Rumor had it, 
that the shoemaker had fallen asleep at his work table after drawing by candlelight the pattern for what he thought would be his last pair of shoes. The playwright lit a large candle he had found in a storage box in the cellar and placed it in the middle of the kitchen table. Next, he drew back one of the chairs at an angle so that it would look as if he'd been sitting there for some time before getting up to go to bed. On the table itself, he spread a few sheets of parchment on which he'd actually written parts of the play, mostly things like Enter a Cushion and Dramatis Personae and The End. He scattered a generous stack of blank parchment over the rest of the table and cocked his head to survey his handiwork. He was crumpling up the extra parchment to add a touch of creative frustration to the image when he noticed his wife watching him with arms folded. I'm just... it'll seem more... He dropped a ball of parchment next to his quill. It didn't look quite right there. Suddenly, sheepish under his wife's gaze, he moved it to the other side of the table. Now it was next to the mug that he had filled partway full of tea so that it would look like he had been drinking it while he wrote. I'm going to make them some oatmeal in case they get hungry working all night. He was extremely generous with the oatmeal, filling the biggest pot in the cupboard to the brim. Only a few handfuls of dry oats remained for him and his wife. But, of course, once the elves worked their magic, the playwright and his wife would have money for cake and ham and would never be eating oatmeal again. So it was all right. The playwright's wife had already gone to bed. The playwright set the pot of oatmeal in plain sight with a note took a last look around the room and climbed the stairs to their bedroom as well. He was almost too excited to sleep, but he forced himself to lie in bed and do nothing, and sometime after midnight he managed to drift off. The next morning he found the pot of oatmeal, a little less than full to the brim, at the bottom of the stairs. On the note, under where the playwright had written, Please enjoy, some tiny hand had penned, We tried. They came. The playwright flung the note, tripped over the cold oatmeal, and ran into the kitchen. The candle had melted into a puddle of wax, but it was no matter. There on the table was the play that the elves had transformed. They had carefully folded and cut every sheet of parchment. They had stacked the matching pieces together and used delicate thread to sew the seams. The playwright's stomach dropped. The elves had turned the half-finished play into eleven beautiful pairs of paper shoes. That was The Elves and the Playwright by Kelsey McIntyre, directed by Greta Lynn Darkey. The cast in order of appearance, Pastor Paul Pershke as the narrator, Dana Rizzo as the wife, and Tim Callahan as the playwright. Our audio technicians were Albert Sines and Tom Marinchak. 
Thank you for listening to All for One Stories. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement. First published in Gilbert Magazine, a publication of the American Chesterton Society. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.